0: Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at swactionnews.com where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show.
1: Hello and welcome to Star Wars Action News. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie, and
2: it's finally feeling real, episode 7.
1: Yes, but all we have are rumors and a shooting date now of when it's starting. There's nothing concrete except this filming date, I think.
2: Well, no, but while it's been announced for some time that they were making episode 7, so many rumors going around, so much misinformation. Facebook and the internet has actually been more of a hindrance than a help in disseminating information. Photos being spread, old photos claiming they're new photos, all of these casting rumors, everything. But StarWars.com announced a bit over a week ago, first, that this is going to start shooting in this spring. So all of these casting rumors will finally get put to bed and will actually start getting casting announcements, which will be very exciting. Second, the movie is going to take place 30 years after Return of the Jedi.
1: Hmm, that's interesting.
2: Now, I looked at that information and just thought, well, yes, everyone's about 30 years older. It's, you know, been, by the time the next movie comes out, 32 and a half years between the movies. So we can round that to an even 30. Life's hard in the galaxy far, far away.
1: That sun on Tatooine ages you, like, years. And what the announcement said
2: that made me a little bit excited is that the stars of the movie were going to be new young characters and then there would be some familiar faces there as well so what we have here is going to be a classic passing of the torch film unlike indiana jones 4 where indiana jones was the star of the film and then there was a supporting character mutt who kind of dogged that movie down oh you're funny yes well
1: (laughs) (laughs) or punny i don't know which that is
2: but it sounds like here While there may be some characters in an Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of role, the stars of the film will be brand new.
1: Possibly, yeah. I guess that's the way it's going to go. I'm not really sure how I feel about that. But, I mean, are we going to come up to Han when he's you know, polishing the Falcon and these people are going to ask for help? You know, that kind of thing. Luke's going to be working on the X-Wing.
2: Well, they're always fixing something in Star Wars. They are, yes. I mean, if it works right, it's not a Star Wars film.
1: I just imagine a lot of the winks and nods to the camera. That's, you know, kind of what I'm, you know, like the old school cameos, like when they like when they remade Starsky and Hutch with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. And there's a lot of nod, nod, wink, wink kind of things going on.
2: Yeah. Like when Face and Murdoch showed up in the A-Team remake. However, this is J.J. Abrams. He's done this before with Star Trek. And Spock never looked out at the camera and told the audience to live long and prosper.
1: No, but that was ridiculous that it could go to Spock and meet Spock and... <sighs>
2: I actually liked it in the first one. The second one, not so much. But guess you can hear those reviews at nowplayingpodcast.com. But what I didn't put together, but a lot of people are really just jumping to, is that, well, 30 years later that means the EU from right after Return of the Jedi to 30 years later can stay together.
1: I want to count on that, though.
2: Unless Jason, Jaina, and Anakin are born, or at least Jason and Jaina, I think what people are really holding dear to their hearts is the Thrawn trilogy, and I understand why. Good books, great books. But unless they really hold tight to even the names of the kids, I think that, well, it's up to Lucasfilm. They have that panel that's going to say, you're real, you're unreal, and go from there.
1: Is it EU idol? <laughs> is that what we're going on now? Is we're going to see which EU is going to make the cut? You're going to have to go in and argue for your EU? Are we going to have to argue for Heir to the Empire?
2: My prediction Thrawn, out of continuity. New Jedi Order, out of continuity. Waru, canon.
1: He's <laughs> a little pitchy, dog. <laughs>
2: So it's actually, though, just starting to feel real. Episode 7, before it just sounded like rumors, and I felt like I'd not sat around wishing for more Star Wars stories. I was real happy with 6, and this feels like a Disney cash grab to me. I mean, they bought it with the intent of making money off of it. There's nobody, not even George Lucas, sitting around saying, there's more story that has to be told. They're sitting around saying... Hey, there's more money that has to be made, and if we can find a good story, so be it.
1: Well, you have to turn a profit on something you just bought. You don't buy something. You're like, yeah, you know what? I spent the money. I'm not going to make any more money off that. I'm just going to leave it sit there let it fester and collapse upon itself.
2: Uh-uh. I'm a collector. I'm an archivist. I have spent tons of money on things I have no intent on profiting on for the sake of taking care of it. Disney could have bought Star Wars and said... We're doing this to curate Star Wars. We're doing this to protect Star Wars. But no, I mean, they're doing this to exploit Star Wars.
1: Disney's a Borg. (laughs) Go look it up, people, if you don't know what I'm talking about. That's what's going to happen.
2: But with this news, after a year of, is this screenwriter working on it? Was the screenwriter fired? Is J.J. Abrams quitting? All of those rumors that have been flying around. It's feeling real, and I can just see the seeds of excitement starting to sprout in my emotional garden.
1: you have an emotional garden?
2: I do. I do.
1: Do you have a secret garden?
2: No, I don't have a secret garden. Okay. Or a secret window.
1: Okay. I stay away from the rumors and all that because I really don't care because I don't know if what I'm reading is true or not. It's kind of like spoilers on TV. It's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to watch it anyway. So what if I know what's going to happen?
2: Well, that's the next step, isn't it? I mean,
1: spoilers. I
2: knew everything about the Phantom Menace before it hit theaters. Everything. I just sat there and went, yep. Uh huh.
1: And Uh you still went and saw it how many times on opening day? Oh
2: God, I've lost count every time. So
1: you were aware that It was like U.S. economics in high school. That's how exciting it was. Oh, no.
2: I just knew what. I didn't know how. Ah. I knew that there was a trade federation. I knew there were battle droids. I knew there was Jar Jar. I knew that Qui-Gon would die. I knew all of this going in. I knew about the pod race. Every scene in the trailer I could put in context. But that taught me a lot about being mostly spoiler free, which I did with both episode two and three. I remember being upset. Learning Anakin was going to lose an arm thanks to the Hasbro figure.
1: I do remember you buying the episode two figures and refusing to look at the characters or the back of them <laughs> before the movie came out.
2: But yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm very much looking forward to seeing where it goes, mainly because, I mean, let's move on to collecting and the store report. Man, episode seven's really going to help us out because <laughs> <laughs> the store report's kind of dry this show.
1: Well, there are stores. The Star Wars figures in them is debatable.
2: There are Star Wars figures in them. Whether or not you want them is also debatable. One thing you probably do want, if you have a half-priced books in your area, which is a chain that's not around us, but I've seen reports online that the Steve Sansweet Ultimate Action Figure Collection book is now there for fourteen ninety-nine.
1: That's a good price.
2: It is. I think that it's absolutely worth it for $15 just to have... That kind of a look, and if you want to look at it, that kind of a checklist. If you're a loose figure collector, and you're not into repacks and all of that, that is a great guide to use as to what is and isn't a re-release of a figure and all of that. How do you tell your repaints from your retools, from your remakes? That book would be a good guide to you. I'm a carded collector as well as loose, so it's a little bit harder for me. I just have to buy them no matter what.
1: Now interestingly enough if you buy it online at halfpricebooks.com which is actually hpb.com cuz they're cool like that with the slang it is $30 so it would be behoove you to find it in the store
2: Well at that point you just go to Amazon where you can get it for 25.61
1: Exactly and no tax
2: Otherwise I'm looking at Amazon even though it's far more dated coming out before episode 1 I still think his Star Wars Action Figure Archive book is just one of the best out there and that's available still on Amazon you can get it new for 45 or used for 448. So the problem with the Ultimate Action Figure Collection is by having so many figures that you have to put into a book at 350 pages, it's very high level. Whereas back in 99 there were so many less figures. It was the Star Wars Action Figure Archive book that really started to inspire me to photograph toys and lead to eventually doing the podcast we do today. Now, as far as other stores and toys, well, we've heard reports that more of wave three of both the six inch and the three and three quarter inch black series are showing up at Toys R Us's, Walmarts, Targets, Disney stores, but your mileage may vary as will the amount of distance you have to travel to get there. It's just a hit or miss kind of thing right now new figures are shipping if you've been missing out on the darth Plagueis wave or the six inch wave but nothing really new to report wave four of both is on the horizon but if you're looking for either of these waves i'd suggest going online i mean that's where they're readily available at reasonable prices for the most part except for the stormtrooper the stormtrooper of course the troop builder always the hard one to get
1: They are, and I do a lot of shopping, and I've not seen that anywhere yet.
2: Well, let's go ahead and take a look at the third wave of the 6-inch Black Series figures. We've been meaning to review these for a little while. We're actually going to start off with the carry-forward figure, Han Solo from Wave 2. We never got around to reviewing him, and he holds the distinction in my mind of being the least valuable Black Series figure ever, because he's the carry-forward figure, Initially, when they announced the six-inch wave, Hasbro had said, we're going to do waves of four figures, and so you just buy the wave, you get all the figures. But by wave three, changed their tune. Han Solo is carry forward. So I look online at several different online retailers. If you want wave three, just the new Obi-Wan, Luke, and Stormtrooper, $75. If you want the case of four, which includes the fourth figure, Han Solo, $80. eighty dollars he is pretty cheap isn't he so this figure while I bought him when he shipped with wave 2 for twenty dollars has a street market value of five bucks
1: but what's he go for in the black market I wonder five dollars probably <laughs> or less
2: now this is Han solo from a new hope with his black vest white shirt navy pants with the red stripe and one thing I really have to give the six inch series f- credit for is When Power of the Force 2 came out, and that's what I keep going back to because that was the last time a new Star Wars line really started for me was Power of the Force 2. This is the closest thing to it. But when Power of the Force 2 started, I remember they'd come out with Tatooine Luke and then Tatooine Luke on this skiff flying thing. They'd come out with Han Solo from A New Hope, but then they'd come out with like Pilot Han Solo and he'd have the gloves and Stormtrooper belt Han Solo and he'd just have the belt. Well, because these are collector and expensive figures, they're really trying to give us one Han to fit all desires. So you get swap-out hands so that he has the pilot glove hands or the regular hands. You also get a swap-out belt so that he has his regular gun holster belt and the stormtrooper belt. And you even get two blasters. You get his blasttech DL-44 with a nice silver muzzle and a stormtrooper blaster. So really, what they're telling me is that Unless they decide to do a trash compactor dirty version of Han, this is the only Han in this outfit I'm going to need that I can think of.
1: Well, I think that you're telling yourself, though, that you need at least three more because you have to display him in all his different permutations.
2: Well, that's another way of looking at it. If you choose to do that, you can. I Because it's not different heads, don't see the need to do that so much as I can pick my display and rotate it and then... Keep the other parts well close by, and if I decide to put him in a gun turret that's never really going to come, or put him outside of a facade of a Millennium Falcon or something, I can throw the gloves on him. If I want to have him shooting the six-inch Greedo, then I can keep him without the gloves and without the Stormtrooper belt.
1: That makes sense. But knowing you, I figured that you needed to have the extras.
2: Well, I'll tell you, I already have two of him because for $5, I wasn't going to not get Han.
1: Of course.
2: I mean, it reduces the price per figure. You know, if you get four for 80, you're paying 20 a figure. If you get three for 75, you're paying 25 a figure. It's just economic sense to get a second Han.
1: (laughs) Your brain works so funny. Well, let's actually talk about the Han instead of the economics of Han. Which could be a college course, I suppose. I think they did a remarkable job on his face, don't you?
2: From a certain point of view. And I mean that very literally.
1: Yes, it's like (laughs) Two-Face from Seinfeld, where if you look at him a certain way, it looks like a young Harrison Ford. If you look at him another way, it's just faceless, eyes too close, kind of weird.
2: Uh-huh. If you look at him straight on, I don't really see Harrison Ford, but if you get him at like a 45 degree angle or a profile, it really looks pretty close. I think they did a remarkable job, though, on the eyes and the eyebrows, as well as the sculpting of the hair. I mean, it's a little bit raggedy. It kind of really has the scruffy nerf herder look to it.
1: So if you went to the barbershop and asked for a scruffy nerf herder, that's what they'd give you? Yeah, yeah.
2: well, actually, they'd probably kick me out. But
1: <laughs> Yeah, probably. I-, I like it. It's not a bad figure. I think they've got a-, a good likeness if you tilt his head just a certain way. The hair has that good late 70s bounce and fluffiness that all the boys had in their hair you know what i'm talking about
2: Mm-hmm. his but. shirt is unbuttoned to a nth degree to reflect how harrison wore it in the movie
1: yes he was you know alluring but not too alluring because it wasn't that kind of movie
2: he just needed the gold chain to he kind did. of go there that everybody was wearing in the 70s you know it's a step away from leisure suit larry kind of unbuttoning of a shirt I really like the figure's articulation. You can move him a number of different ways. You can get him to hold the Stormtrooper rifle two-handed or hold his regular rifle one-handed. You can move his legs about to get a number of different poses. He's got the mid-thigh swivel, double-jointed knees, what we're calling over on Marvelicious Toys the Vonner ankles or the ankle rockers for the feet, I mean, a lot of articulation and detail going into this, including the megator, mega T finger that can actually go into the trigger of the blaster.
1: He does hold his blaster very well, doesn't he? In the non gloved hand. Mm-hmm. It's very good. And you can move his arms about in a great poses, and you know, you can pose his arm back like when he's talking to Greedo and filling with the booths behind him. You can do that and I think that's kinda nice.
2: I also like that the vest is a completely separate part, so if you were so inclined and had, for some reason, desired desire to customize this figure or have Han without the vest, you'd be able to, at very least, cut it off, or perhaps with a little bit of finagling, work it off of his arms. I'm not going to do it, even though I have two of them. I'm not going to do that to it
1: I think you would be hard-pressed getting that off and not damaging somehow cuz it is plastic
2: right but if you had a spare for $5 because you ordered a wave and you decided you didn't want Han to be wearing the black vest pair of scissors or an exacto knife to take care of that for you real quick true also I want to give some credit to the stormtrooper belt because we're gonna be reviewing the stormtrooper figure just a couple minutes this is a separate belt. They didn't just take this part off the Stormtrooper because on the Stormtrooper, he's got the thermal detonator or grenade on the back. Here on Han's belt, it does not have that extra bump on the back. So it is a separate molded Stormtrooper belt.
1: Hmm, that is nice. I like the Stormtrooper belt because that's when they really got fun.
2: See, I like his regular belt quite a bit. It even has the part that slings around his leg. You've actually got a kind of thread his foot through the hole and then put it around his waist. And there's a lot of detail on this belt in that it's got a lot of silver paint to it and a little bit of a wash to it to make it look like it's seen some action.
1: You know, I never noticed that bottom leg strap.
2: Yeah, I didn't either until I was trying to put it on and take it off of the figure. I wish they'd have given the figure itself a little bit of a wash as well. I mean, his shirt is all one color. His pants are all one color other than the red stripe. But they added it to the belt. It adds a lot of detail for this figure. I can see why this figure is one that I'm currently having a hard time finding in stores. When I look and I find all these Wave 2 figures, all I'm staring at are Greedos and Slave Leia's. However, Boba Fett, of course, and Han Solo are selling out. And I think those two go together as well. I mean, they have a shared history, at least in the EU, that may or may not stay existent. (laughs) So as far as carry-forward figures go, I would have thought this would be a mistake to carry-forward, but I have seen actually less Han Solo's on shelves than I've seen Boba Fett's at this point. I've had a pretty good run of finding Boba Fett's at Kmart's and Toys R Us stores. On the way back from Planet Comic Con a couple weeks ago, I found a Boba Fett just at a random Toys R Us stop.
1: Yeah, that was completely unexpected, too.
2: The thing that really has me excited, though, for this Han is, with his poseability, I want the Chewbacca coming in wave four so that you can get those two posed next to each other.
1: That would be very cool.
2: So, no, I do like this Han figure. I think it's a pretty strong figure, and it continues what I said when we reviewed Slave Leia and before that, R2, that in the Black Series 6-inch line, there's one bad figure per wave, and in wave two, it's Slave Leia. (laughs) Now, the thing of doing one bad figure per wave when you have four figures in a wave means you're getting a 75% success rate, which is really good. Now, when you go down to three figures per wave, that gives you then a 66% success rate. So you're going from a mid-C to a mid-D if you're looking at academic grading. And sadly, that's the case with our first three-figure wave, Wave 3, the bum figure of the wave...
1: There's always a bum figure.
2: Is episode three Obi-Wan Kenobi?
1: Well, let's just face it.
2: Yes, look at his face.
1: Who the hell is that? (laughs) It looks like he's got frostbite because of the color of his skin and the waxiness of the skin.
2: We were complimenting the Harrison Ford likeness on the Han Solo. Here, this looks nothing, nothing like Ewan McGregor.
1: (laughs) No, not even close. He's got beady little eyes, first of all. It's just, it's wrong really wrong.
2: The problem with this figure comes down to, I think, the paint apps and possibly the color of plastic used for the face. All right, let's take away the head. You know, we've done this before with other figures. Let's remove the head and take a look at the Jedi body. And what we have here isn't too bad. There's a little bit of soft goods for the bottom half of his cloak, which is good because it allows full leg movement. He's got quite a bit of articulation here, like Han. He's got the swivel-cut thigh. He's got the double-jointed knee. He's got the ankle rockers. His shoulders, mine are really stiff on this figure, and the hard plastic of the upper tabard make it real hard to get the arms in much of a movement position. You can't get his arms to meet in front of him because his arms will not clothes in front of him because of the plastic of the robe He can't get any further than i'd say a maybe 100 degree angle from his body
1: it's like his arms are caught in a sweatshirt and he can't move them
2: yeah he can go from about 100 degrees to 190 degrees with the rotation on the shoulder there but it's really hard you've got to try to get some elbow movement and things to get him to move his hands in front of his body it's not going to happen at the
1: shoulder. You know what? I always hate when they do the half soft goods, but I understand why they do it. Because he's rendered kind of crippled because he wouldn't be able to move his legs. Yeah. So, But I hate it because it looks bad. When you look at it from the back, it looks bad. When you look at it from the front, it looks bad.
2: I don't think it looks that bad as far as the soft goods go. They did a good job in this case of color matching and texture matching. They said that they were going to be more picky and use a higher quality fabric and use more fabric control on the six inch series than they had been on the smaller three and three quarter inch series. And so when I'm sitting two feet away from this figure, I can barely tell the difference between the soft goods and the plastic when I'm holding it in my hand, painfully obvious. But if you put it on a shelf and take one step back, I think they did a great job of that Pantone matching.
1: I just don't like it, I guess is my problem. And I see what you mean about his arms. I mean, he's pretty much restricted to having no upper arm movement. And just, he can move at the elbows and he can... Like a T-Rex. Yeah, he's like a little T-Rex. You know, he's hindered by his lack of arm movement.
2: And again, ignoring the painful face, he comes with only one accessory, which is really light. I mean, compared to other figures we've been talking about, we just get the lightsaber, which does come with a removable blade. They did a good job of painting the lightsaber. I think I may have a paint error on mine as there's a little bit of the bronze on the black area of the handle. I like to think of it as weathered.
1: Yeah, let's just call it weathered because you don't need another one of these. And if you try to return it to the store because of that, they're just going to stare at you.
2: If you could ever find this figure in stores. Yes. But if this wave does ship in mass, all right, yeah, I might buy another one and return this
1: one. Of course.
2: And I won't tell them why. I'll just say it's defective. Look at the face. Because you look at the face on this, he's got bug eyes. I mean, they're not beady. He honestly looks like he's been smoking something he shouldn't and has really dilated pupils.
1: He's also got the Spock eyebrow on one side. Did you notice?
2: They just Uh, painted. the, yeah, one eyebrow. They used a thicker brush than the other one. It's a A little heavy
1: handed there, huh?
2: It's like his waxer didn't do a good symmetrical job that day. I'll say they tried. They did put a little bit of a gray wash in his temple so that he had that episode three, I'm getting too old to mentor Anakin and Anakin's put all this gray hair on me kind of look. But straight on, looking at the face, you know what I keep thinking of is that god awful gentle giant statue.
1: Oh, a horse face. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The Obi-Wan. It's like that kind of a face. This is the kind of face that if shrunken down to a three and three quarter inch figure, we'd go... Yeah, not very good. And then you blow it up to a six inch figure and it's just downright disappointing that this is considered acceptable for a premium collector line. And you look at it and the face is just pasty. It's like they went with too much makeup trying to de-gloss him for the lights.
1: It's waxy. Mm
2: -hmm. That's
1: the problem is it's got a waxy complexion.
2: They did do a good job painting the belt. The belt is non-removable, but they gave it some brass rivets, a brown pouch that's a different brown from the rest of the belt, some silver, some black. I mean, knowing that Hasbro is looking at this and every color they add is increasing cost, they spent some good money on this belt. They should have spent a little more on the face. But that said, they're still just batting one bad figure. And that's why I started with Obi-Wan as I wanted to get him out of the way I think he's a weird choice for a figure. I wish they would have done Phantom Menace Obi-Wan because we have Darth Maul. You give me Phantom Menace Obi-Wan, I can recreate that awesome, awesome scene where Darth Maul has the saber out behind him. I mean, it's just absolutely my favorite still frame from the Phantom Menace is after Qui-Gon's dead and Obi-Wan's been kind of dancing behind the red gate and it goes down and the two of them fight. Uh, Phantom Menace Obi-Wan to match up with that Darth Maul Tremendous, but at the moment, in three waves of figures, I've got Darth Maul over here, Episode 3 Obi-Wan over there, and primarily original trilogy characters beyond that.
1: That would be great if they would design the waves based on playability or scenes, and that would be really cool.
2: I understand what they're doing, though, and I do like this concept of, let's get the minor characters out with the heroes. Let's get a Greedo out there alongside the boba fett so that fans can get a greedo because according to hasbro's current philosophy mostly it's the heroes who sell and while i dispute that by and large i have to look at the wave too and go yeah han solo has sold through by and large whereas slave leia and greedo are staying on the pegs so maybe there's something to their science i don't know that they always get their recipes in the exact correct ratio But in this case, that's true. I like that they're doing this in this way and mixing it up. That said, yeah, I just think a little bit more thought to what's going with what. Because they are doing a Chewbacca that goes with the Han. They are doing a 3PO that goes with the R2. But that said, I said Han Solo sold out. But what do I keep looking at when I go to pegs? From Wave 1, X-Wing Luke. Yeah. There's a lot of X-Wing Luke and a lot of R2-D2 on the Shelves at my Toys R Us and my Target. So, of course, in the third wave, let's just do another version of Luke.
1: Well, you got the face, right?
2: Actually, it's a totally different face. It's totally different Luke. This one is Bespin Luke from The Empire Strikes Back. And admittedly, they had no way to know that X Wing Luke was going to sit around when they were planning the waves that far in advance.
1: Well, he's all kinds of beige, isn't he? I don't remember in the movie that he was this whole brown bomber. Like, there were distinctions and some differentiation in the color, right? Because this is bad.
2: No, that's what he wore in the movie. And I've always, for some reason, when I was a kid, thought this was a cool outfit for him. You know what I was thinking? And I'd never thought this before. And I love when toys can make me reevaluate the movies in a new way. But in A New Hope... Luke wore white, almost exclusively, right? Other than the orange X wing and the ceremonial yellow.
1: Yes, ceremonial yellow. Yes, got it.
2: And then on Hoth, he was wearing the white Hoth outfit or the white medical gown. But then what did he wear after that? Beige. He kind of... Started going a little bit darker once he got to Dagobah, once he did his training, all of his clothes kind of turned, well, I thought they were really dirty. But then he goes to Bespin and he's wearing this beige, almost mechanic jumpsuit type of outfit.
1: It is a little jumpsuity, I'll give you that.
2: And then what's he wearing in Return of the Jedi? Black, beginning to end black, other than the camo poncho phase.
1: That was a phase?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, looking at this, I see it as a planned visual evolution of the character through wardrobe.
1: I never thought about it like that, but that's a really good way to look at it. And I guess it was a lot of brown in the movie. It just didn't appear to be so brown. Maybe it's because it's not condensed in a little action figure. I mean, in my head, I knew this is what he wore, but this just looks like really... Maybe it's because it's kind of mottled and dirty and got a wash on it.
2: I think that that's what's hitting it, is it looks very monochromatic because it's this blackish beige they gave it a pretty even wash and the only differentiation in color is the boots but that is fairly screen accurate and it also i mean it goes back to the vintage figure days when they used the same color from neck to boot
1: did yours have a paint error because i noticed a brown swatch on the cheek or is that supposed to be his cut it's just brown like the rest of them
2: nope you found a paint error on my
1: Woo-hoo! i win i win what do i win what do i win Returning
2: this to stores if we Yay. ever find another all one.
1: Right. <laughs> I all right. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything.
2: Now, like the Han Solo, I think from certain perspectives, this head is very Mark Hamill. I think that from a couple different angles, it really represents what Mark Hamill looked like in Empire. It's not perfect, but it's very close.
1: Eh, I don't know. I originally thought it didn't look like him at all to get the hair right, but I just didn't think it looked like I'm in the face for some reason. And it looks like someone else I can't place, and it might just be a TV character from something, but I don't think they got the face exactly right.
2: I think they did a decent job on the blue eyes. Once I broke out the macro lens, never break out a macro no. lens on your figures. This is what I'm learning. I could see that it was a little bit sloppily painted, but if you're not... Putting him under a magnifying glass, I thought that looked pretty good. I do like the sculpting of the hair. Whoever's doing their hair sculpting is doing a really good job of it. A lot of detail in this outfit. His belt, it looks a lot like Han Solo's belt. It's got that weird thigh strap as well as the waist strap. But it is a different belt or at least a retooled belt because Han, you know, he slings that gun low because he's cool like that.
1: He's got swagger. He's a gangster.
2: Unfortunately, and I should have mentioned this with the Han as well, once you start restraining their leg like that, you put something around their waist and around their thigh, that does restrict the leg movement quite a bit.
1: Yeah, unless you put something stretchy on it, they're kind of stuck, aren't they?
2: It's kind of like a seatbelt for his leg.
1: Doesn't want to get hurt, huh?
2: But he does have good articulation, once again, like the others. Cut thigh, double knee, Vonner ankle. But here you can... Move his shoulders ever so slightly inward, not a ton, but you can get that double gripped lightsaber pose that he struck when fighting Vader.
1: Yeah, I didn't care for his limited movement, but I guess all he really needs to do in that outfit is hold on to his lightsaber with both hands and then hold on to an antenna, right?
2: Or hold a blaster. He did take a couple pot shots at Boba Fett. He did. So this is a good figure you can pose with your R2 so you can get him with the blaster and have them be sneaking around Cloud City. He does come with a blaster and come with a lightsaber with a removable blade. And again, a lot of detail on this hilt. They painted the little red dots. They painted the black on the grips.
1: I don't like the removable blades because inevitably you're going to lose one piece of it. Usually the hilt, rendering the blade useless.
2: I'm more worried about breakage because back in the Power of the Force and... Saga 2 days when they were really big on this removable blade a lot of the little tabs that go in broke off And that's why they've switched now and they just send you two lightsabers one ignited and one hilt The really nice detail is there's a little hook on his belt that you can hang the lightsaber hilt from
1: Oh, that is nice. I like it when they do little things like that.
2: So while overall, I mean it is an action figure likeness I'm happy with this figure The one thing they could have given me, just one thing, though, to make me convinced they would never re-release this figure, is a bloody stump and a medical tourniquet.
1: That would have been awesome. Didn't they do that once in the three and three quarter inch? They did do a bloody stump.
2: Yeah, and there were variants, because initially they made it really bloody, and then there seemed to be some backlash against the amount of blood, and so then there was just the stump that wasn't so bloody, the old bloody stump, non-bloody stump variants that we'd be hunting for, we'd find that Saga 2 figure and be checking out the stumps.
1: How many more times can you say stump?
2: Yeah, given that they gave us every permutation I can think of of that Han, this Luke, see a couple more accessories, kind of finishing that outfit off. Now the final figure, the pain-to-get figure, the figure that some people ordered 10 of on Hasbro Toy Shop. They have since apparently gotten some in stock per Jedi Temple Archives and lowered that limit back down to 2.
1: That's nice. Limit 10 seems crazy, doesn't it?
2: It does seem really high. That said, I could see why people want 10 of them, because it's a Stormtrooper and they never come alone.
1: No, they don't. You don't see a lone Stormtrooper. Hey, he's wearing Han's belt! Just kidding.
2: No, he's got the different
1: belts. I pointed that out. I was a joke. (laughs) Get it? This is a pretty good Stormtrooper. I like the fact that it has broader shoulders than the humans, and I think it looks really good. Is he weathered, or do you have bad paint on yours?
2: I may have a little bit of black smudging on mine, yeah. So
1: we're noticing a theme, Yeah. are we? He also has limited articulation because of his shoulder pads. But I like this. This is a pretty good figure. If you had a fleet of these, which I can now see why you'd want to buy 10, you would have something pretty impressive. I think this looks good. Way better than three and three quarters. I really like it. Also, you also have a little paint error on the hand, too.
2: Well, if I'm able to get more of these, and Hasbro has already talked at Toy Fair about shipping more of these in greater numbers, maybe in single file to hide their numbers.
1: Yes. I think they're coming with the Black Widow from the Marvel line.
2: (laughs) Now, I'll state right off the bat, though, Gotta call Hasbro out because they told us they weren't going to be doing a whole lot of repaints, a whole lot of reissues. What's the very first thing I notice about this stormtrooper when I get him is it's a sandtrooper with a different shoulder because he's got the little notched hole in the back that the sandtrooper had where you put his backpack. And so now I've just got a stormtrooper with a hole in the
1: back. Clever. I figured you would notice that, but way to go.
2: I mean- I understand why would they want to retool a Stormtrooper chest piece, but I just think, again, on a premium line, that when they announced everyone was suffering a little bit of sticker shock and they were going to tell us what we wanted to hear, that they weren't going to start doing this kind of repaint thing to get us for all our money, but now we know they're re-releasing the Sandtrooper with a different color pauldron. They're reusing a lot of Sandtrooper parts here on the Stormtrooper.
1: It's like they're politicians.
2: But he is a good figure. I mean, you've got a lot of motion even given the armor. They've left enough of a gap underneath the armor that you can get some good shoulder movement. You can again get him to hold his blaster with two hands or just one hand.
1: The only thing I don't like is you can't get his arms to go up except by rotating the shoulder. It doesn't pivot like the others do. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm talking about? Because of the shoulder pad hits his body armor there.
2: Yeah, but you can still do... A lot of poses. I think you could do any pose that a human wearing this armor would be able yes. to do. Because it's plastic armor, this kind of restrictive movement is to be expected as compared to when you have plastic representing cloth. They've also got a really good amount of detail on it, From the little blue stripes on the side of the helmet, to the gray, to the black lines in the gray around the top of the helmet. The little dots on his waist. I mean... A lot of detail there, but yeah, I am noticing a sloppy paint job on mine with some black paint around the neck, some black paint around the legs. I also had a real hard time getting him positioned just right to hold the blaster, the, you know, Megator crooked finger had a problem just getting in there just right and getting two hands. He comes with two guns, the blaster rifle and then just the regular blaster. And I do like that he comes with two guns because you get a bunch of stormtroopers, you want them carrying the different weaponry. But he was just a little bit more time-consuming to pose in a movie-accurate way.
1: I think sometimes with these, if you want to pose in a movie-accurate way or recreate a scene, you might have to fudge a little with the action figures and use non-traditional things to achieve these, whether it be figure stands or maybe some of that poster putty to hold it a certain way, or maybe even if you are using this as something that it's okay if you make an alteration to it, even a spot of glue sometimes to hold their gun in their hand.
2: Now you mentioned figure stands. Those have been a little bit of a bane for six inch star Wars collectors. They don't have a stand there and William Malay from Canada sent an email, and I didn't even realize this, but there's some people out there buying stands that are about $10 a piece from Japan, either Figma or Tamashi, Japanese figure stands, in order to have a stand that can hold the 6-inch figure. And William wrote that he actually tried some NECA figure stands for their 6-inch figures, and... He said that it fits relatively well. The figure doesn't sit completely flush on the stand, but it stands and doesn't wobble. And I bet with a little bit of exacto knife sculpting, you might be able to either shave off the top if it's the peg is too deep for the foot, or if the peg is too wide for the foot, maybe just shave it down a little bit. But he was able to get 10 stands for $16 at his local comic shop.
1: That's not bad at all.
2: And I did look online. Dorkside Toys has... NECA set of 10 stands for $9.99. And the ones William was talking about, he said they only had one peg. But looking at these, it looks like there's two or three different pegs on these NECA stands. So if one peg doesn't work out, you might have some luck on the others. And they're kind of a, again, I'm going off the photo from Dorkside Toys' website, but they're kind of a milky clearish. Oh, they look completely clear outside of the package in the photo they show. So that might be worth giving a try. If you're interested in a figure stand, it's far more cost effective to get ten of these, even if you need to do just a little bit of remolding, versus ten dollars per stand. When you know what William points out is, if they get fifty of these going, it's just not a very cost effective solution to get a international figure stand. And speaking of Dorkside Toys, I was checking them out because they are a new sponsor of our sister podcast, Marvelicious Toys, and. They have quite a bit of Star Wars in stock as well. If you're looking for wave three of the six inch figures, they do have them. Three figures for seventy four ninety nine or get that Han for five dollars, all four figures for seventy nine ninety nine. They also have wave four of the three and three quarter inch figures up for pre-order, both as a set and individually. I've gone ahead and actually pre ordered the set from them just because of the continuing. I won't say distribution problems because it's not like I'm facing peg warmers. It's just the sell through rate is so quick. And I got all six of Wave 4 for $64.99. Or you can order Bastilla Sean, Torren Far, Dago Luke, Dak Ralter, Yoda, and the Snowtrooper for ten ninety-nine each. I'm sure that the Snowtrooper at the very least and probably Bastilla Sean are going to sell out very quickly while they're still taking individual figure orders and not just ordering by the wave. So if you want those, we'll put a link for them from our homepage, and please use that link so that they know you heard about them from us. Now, speaking of information emailed to us, I got an email from Scott Carmichael alerting me to something I had missed out on because it's a UK item, and also because we've talked before on the show about the Agostini, how they were doing the little metal Star Wars figures internationally, and then they did the ships. I picked up that Death Star that kind of looked like a fallen down birthday cake and all of that. (laughs) Well, DiAgostini's doing a couple of cool things. When we visited Duncan Sithsonian a couple weeks ago, he showed me they were actually now doing chess pieces. So you can assemble a chess set where they have the nice bases and things. And so they're fully painted. They were doing this with the DC Comics line. They're now doing this with... Star Wars, so that's something I'm really going to be looking into picking up, and you can get those usually at your local comic shop, even though they're primarily distributed internationally. But something that Scott turned me on to is they're also doing Build the Ultimate Millennium Falcon model. This is a one-to-one scale prop replica so that you are building a Millennium Falcon the exact size of the prop used in the making of the film.
1: Why? And where are you going to put it?
2: Well, it's not giant. I did check. When completely built, this thing is about 32 inches long, which is almost the exact same size as the Master Replicas Millennium Falcon Studio scale model.
1: The problem I have with that is I start hearing model and one-to-one, and I think it's as big as the Falcon's supposed to be. Does that make sense?
2: No, this is as big as the prop.
1: That makes sense. Okay, I'm good with that. We can store that.
2: Now this thing is really cool. It reminds me of like a hybrid between the Master Replicas Millennium Falcon and the Code 3 Millennium Falcon because it has working electronics, it's studio scale, it's got LED light up back, it runs on some AA's, and you can even take pieces off and look inside. They're sending you the chessboard and all of that so you can see the inside and outside of the Falcon. Very cool. And here's the crazy part. Because the way D'Agostini works is they send you a magazine and a little metal figure. So with the Millennium Falcon, what they're doing is they're sending you a magazine and a couple pieces of the Falcon.
1: This is going to take forever.
2: They're sending you one per week, and there's a hundred issues and a hundred little kits. And they send you a tiny screwdriver, and after a hundred weeks, almost two years, you can assemble this Giant studio-scale resin Millennium Falcon.
1: I really hope that the screwdriver's first. This is a very clever idea, but this is going to be maddening, isn't it?
2: It's time-consuming, I'm sure, to assemble this. It's pre-painted. If it wasn't pre-painted, I wouldn't look twice at it. But being pre-painted, I mean, you basically you put it together... That's all you have to do, and they're doing that because it is the subscription model. The thing that gets me, though, is at first I kind of think subscription, magazine, I think once a month. And so you think 100 months, that's like nine years, but they're doing one a week. But here's the other part of it is this isn't exactly cheap.
1: No, I just looked at that. That's the second thing I looked at was the price, and you get your first issue for almost three pounds, and your second issue, and each issue after that, is almost nine pounds.
2: and I did the math on that. that comes to about fifteen dollars shipped. It's free shipping in the u k and they won't ship it outside the u k but it's about fifteen dollars per issue. So if you subscribe and you're getting four issues a month, that's sixty dollars a month. So over the course of a year, seven hundred and twenty dollars, fifteen hundred. And you've built your Falcon. That's 1500 US in just under two years.
1: Well, I was about to compare it to the Master Replicas Falcon to see what was available, but there's only one available online on eBay right now as we record, and it's $8,000. So
2: this is a bargain. Is that a signature edition?
1: Is that the limited edition? No. Uh, this is not the signature edition, then.
2: This is less expensive than even the MSRP for the Master Replicas one. The Master Replicas one was 2199 for the limited edition, and the it took me three years to pay off this credit card bill, twenty-seven ninety-nine for the signature edition. Yes, I did indeed pay six hundred dollars for Harrison for his autograph.
1: He doesn't sign at conventions, so
2: <laughs> So this is quite a bit cheaper. Without having one assembled in hand, I can't compare the detail, but it seems To be a very detailed prop from the pictures I'm seeing, it definitely looks at least kind of Code 3, maybe halfway between Code 3 and MR. I've got to think that Assembled, this will have a few gaps here and there because you're getting it piece by piece, and so it may not be as cohesive as the Master Replicas 1 was. By the same token, it may be much easier to transport than the Millennium Falcon from Master Replicas, and... Both times we put that thing on the base and just ooh, so afraid of breaking it.
1: I don't even like to look at it, I'll be honest. I'm just afraid.
2: And this does come with five free gifts, including a t-shirt, a binder that you can put your magazines in and you can buy other binders, and a display stand, which I actually find really cool. It's a table stand, but it can also be wall-mounted. You can actually display this Millennium Falcon on your wall.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know how I feel about that.
2: It's where I'd like to display it because tabletop space is a premium when I have my stuff really? displayed. Really?
1: Wall space is a premium. You have got quite a bit of art, too, and things that go against a wall.
2: Well, I'm kind of looking to you, Mike Domain, with your Millennium Falcon collection to see if you can figure out how to smuggle this thing into the States. Because here's the kicker is I bet if I go to my local comic shop, he could get this for me. There might be an upcharge. I was paying about $20 a piece for the little ships and things so you add five dollars per at a hundred pieces that's an extra five hundred dollars in the states and then i wouldn't be getting all those free gifts i wouldn't be getting the binders and the t-shirt and the han solo metallic figure because you can get a han to stand outside the thing so but do you
1: need those
2: oh absolutely if i'm gonna spend fifteen hundred dollars i need everything that's true i mean admittedly also, shout out to Steve in the UK. I'm sure he and I could work something out to me ship him some money, him ship me some parts, but I got to really think about this. The problem is it's a big expense in a short amount of time. I mean, it's almost a flex pay, but it's still almost a thousand a year US.
1: And you have to put it together.
2: Of course, my rounding is very rough, but...
1: Well, and I'm curious too, because it has working electronics. There's going to to be some hooking up of electronics, I'm guessing. I mean, you're going to have to do something, unless those panels just come already wired, but I would think you're going to have to connect some stuff, right?
2: I would hope that it would be very simple, like computer power supply parts, here's tab A, here's slot B, go.
1: Yes, you hope for that, however...
2: Still a very cool item, and one that I'm strongly considering. The thing that's killing me is I just don't feel I need it. I just don't feel I need it. Because I have the Master Replicas 1. If I didn't have the Master Replicas 1, I would be all over this.
1: It would be forever. What if happens if they go out of business or something? Then you're screwed.
2: A lot of people are worried about that. But, I mean, the Agostini, we've been talking about them alone for three or four years now. Yes. And they're doing an issue a week. So it's just two years. I don't think they're going anywhere. They're a long-lasting UK company.
1: I'm just throwing it out there as a risk. That's all I'm saying.
2: And- Scott said the same thing in his email, and when I started searching online and different forums trying to find out if anybody has figured out how to subscribe in the States, because it says on the site, free shipping to the UK, but when you go and click that subscribe link, that's your only choice is UK, so it's not allowing me to subscribe internationally, but a lot of people are going, what do I do if I get half a Falcon, and they just go, Huh, eh, forget it.
1: It could also end up where none of people subscribe, and they don't manufacture them. And it's done.
2: All possibilities.
1: Now, speaking of shopping online, you've given up eBay for Lent.
2: Yeah, we kind of glossed over this on the last Star Wars action news. We've gone into a bit more detail on it on Marvelicious Toys. Just to see if I could go 40 days without eBay. It's not a super religious thing. It's more of a personal endurance test because I do a lot of shopping on eBay. And it's not really expensive. It's a $1 item here, a $5 item there. It's maybe a $20 a week habit of getting things. Because if I'm on eBay looking for something, I'm one of two things. I'm either looking for something that's so hard to find in stores, I'm willing to pay a premium, like an action figure you can't find. But I'm not going to pay too much over retail. I'm cheap. Or I'm really cheap. I'm looking for a bargain. I want something really inexpensive. The last eBay auction I won before Ash Wednesday was actually, I bought Marjorie a replacement Jar Jar Tongue candy. If you go back to our first new issue of this year, I bought her for Christmas, the Jar Jar Tongue candy, and we talked about how the candy was gelatinous and started leaking all over the place.
1: Apparently sugar breaks down. Well, who knew?
2: I'd been looking for that for years on eBay, and suddenly after I bought one, they started popping up left and right. So I'd email every seller and go, so how's the tongue?
1: You probably looked like a loon. I probably did,
2: but I finally got somebody come back telling me the tongue was nice and firm and solid and good, so I won you one for 99 cents. I
1: love you. You know that? So
2: now you've got a full-tongue Jar Jar candy.
1: Ooh, Jar Jar with full
2: tongue. And he's got all the ridges and bumps on the tongue. It's as gross as can be. Yes. But that's the kind of thing I buy on eBay a lot. We get a lot of packages in here, and it's like, One dollar plus seven shipping. Yeah. Two dollars plus nine shipping. So it's $20 a week plus 100 in shipping. Yes. (laughs) But I've just given that up and I know I've still got a good ways to go before Easter, but knock on wood, there've only been a couple of things I've come close to buying and just decided, you know what? I can wait. But I did send you a link.
1: You did. And I'm not restricted from buying on eBay. I didn't give up crap for Lent.
2: Now, to clarify, this isn't a loophole. If you were buying something for me, I'd just buy it and say, I I lost. I didn't do it. But I saw something you wanted that normally I would buy for you and surprise you with. Yes. But this time I'm like, if you want it, you go buy it.
1: Yeah. Well, I did buy it. (laughs) So now we do own a piece of Rancho Obi-Wan. It will be coming soon. We will be talking about it when it arrives. But I bought, not Arnie, I bought a Jar Jar Binks Australian mouse pad.
2: Yeah, I've been watching these Rancho Obi-Wan auctions ever since he started putting them up. I mean, the money is going to the Rancho Obi-Wan charity because that is a non-profit archival museum of Star Wars memorabilia. I mean, I love Star Wars, so it's a great cause, but the stuff he's putting online, admittedly, a lot of it isn't exceedingly rare. I mean, it's stuff that seems rather modern- some of it might have been a little hard to find remember when the original trilogy dvds came out and they had the three packs of figures and
1: yes i had
2: to body check and get body checked to get some well some of those figure three packs are out there some of the lego sets some funko pop vinyls you know just a lot of just various items but a they are all in tremendous condition b the prices There's no bargains here. It's almost all buy-it-now stuff, but they're reasonable prices. They're not inflated prices. And the third thing that really gets my interest is when they bring up international items, like the German Han and Chewbacca from the convention, or in this case, the Australian mouse pad or French-labeled figures. A lot of just international items that Steve had spares of and is selling to help pay for security and insurance and the expenses of running Rancho Obi-Wan.
1: Mm-hmm. I was pretty excited to get it. Oh, w- It's neat to own a little piece of that, and it's Australian and it's Jar Jar.
2: And I think it goes well when we visited Duncan. You mentioned last week that he kind of loaded you up with some Jar Jar stuff, but there was some international Jar Jar stuff there, like a Brazilian coloring book and-
1: It was a Brazilian pencil case Mm -hmm. and then a Spanish Jar Jar coloring book. Okay, So it was Jar Jar speaking in Espanol, not Portuguese.
2: So this can be added to your international Jar Jar collection.
1: I blame Duncan because I never thought of international Jar Jar stuff before. And I guess he's the Star Wars Jerry Lewis to the French and the Spanish. (laughs) So thanks, Duncan. I'll be looking up international Jar Jar stuff. Sorry, Arnie.
2: Yeah, the one thing that almost made me break my Lenten vow was the Death Star Pencil Sharpener. And I think I talked briefly about that on a previous show, how I was watching that auction. And I'd had an eBay save search for one of those up for years. And I had absolutely no problem passing on it, though, when the final price came to $350.
1: Yes, and I kind of felt bad, and I'm like, oh, maybe I should have just bought it for him. Um, it would have been great to give it to you as a surprise for our anniversary or something. And then we went to Duncan's and saw it, and it's small.
2: It is really, really <laughs> it's tiny. tiny. I had never been able to judge scale of it before because I've only seen pictures in Gus and Duncan's book and in Duncan's presentation of crazy Star Wars collectibles and in this auction. I pictured it to be... A little bit bigger. In my mind, I was picturing titanium size, but yet this was, I'd say, slightly smaller than ping pong ball. Maybe a little smaller than golf ball.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Pencil case take to school size.
1: was a pencil sharpener, yeah, but it'd be cool if someone made a big one, wouldn't it? <laughs> where you, like, sharpened your pencil where the laser comes out, you know, that dish. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Uh, and to have it, like, in, like, that nice matte gray on your table and, like, a thing and run on batteries, but then, you know, who uses pencils?
2: That said, I also was talking to Duncan about it, and I checked in their price guide that they put out, which is, you know, a couple years old now and prices change, but... They had this in the $75 to $100 range, so $350, yeah, I think I'll just hold off and wait for a better auction, see if I can get that at a lower price. But definitely check out the Rancho Obi-Wan auctions, great cause for some great items. Now finally online this week, if you're looking not to buy but to sell or take some of your collectibles, get some money out of them to turn around and put into other collectibles and you don't want to part and parcel it out to eBay, Brian's Toys is buying Star Wars collectibles. They're buying all types, all different kind of things you can think of. They will be able to give you a quote instantly online. There's a PDF that tells you what they're paying for various different things. If you have Indiana Jones, Lego, Marvel, Masters of the Universe, Star Trek, Mutant Ninja Turtles, wrestling figures, whatever, head to Brian'sToys.com. And if you're looking to buy at Brian's Toys, they've got a lot of Sideshow 12-inch figures in stock ready to ship, including the recent deluxe Darth Vader, the prototype Boba Fett, the Commander Wolf. Or if you're in the mood for something a little bit more exclusive, a little bit harder to find, a little bit more expensive, they have something I've never seen before.
1: Oh my god, I totally want it! Is that wrong?
2: It is the episode one accessory Stap Zappy Scooter that was an FAO Schwartz exclusive. Now, this is a scooter for kids that has molding on the front to make it look like a battle droid Stap.
1: I totally want it.
2: It is very cool. There are actual photos of the one that Brian's Toys has for sale. The condition is phenomenal on this. I can't believe there this was obviously bought by a collector, stored in perfect condition. I can see no scuffs, no wear. There's a couple of things that are on the hood, but I'm pretty sure those are meant to be there. This was featured in Steve Sansweet's 1000 Collectibles book that came out, and this can be yours right now. Brian's Toys normally prices these at 15.99 and 99 cents. This one's $200 off at $1,399.99. It is motorized and can get going up to 13 miles per hour.
1: So I couldn't drive it to work is what you're saying.
2: You could if you leave early. It's environmentally safe. It recharges at any household outlet. But this is a collectible like no other. And I always love seeing those. If you do buy that, please send us pictures. and
1: I want videos of you riding it.
2: Yes, indeed. Now, finally this week for online news, I'm also getting excited from something new from Kotobukiya. We saw the unpainted one at Toy Fair. They're starting to tease painted images of their Artifacts Plus Han and Chewbacca statues. And I'm loving the wash they put on Chewbacca's hair.
1: Wow. That actually is really, really good. I'm not surprised. It's Koto. And they take this stuff very seriously. What I really like is the flounce in Han's little vest there at the bottom where it's flared out because it's movement, it looks really natural.
2: Yeah, it's become a must-buy when that hits shelves. That one is really looking phenomenal. Plus, the fact that they're going back, doing original trilogy, they're doing Han and Leia after it, just a great-looking thing.
1: They do tremendous work. If you've not gotten into Kodo stuff, great price points and amazing craftsmanship.
2: I was talking about it to Duncan when we were touring his collection, and I saw the Kodo stuff, and I told him how... You know, because Kotobukiya was doing the vinyl snap-together stuff, I'd see it, and I'd see it in pieces, because licensing, they couldn't do a statue. General Giant and Sideshow had that all locked up, but they could do these model kits that were snapped together, and I'd see them, I'd be like, all right, and then you'd touch one, and it's really lightweight. But I won the Biker Scout from Jedi Temple Archives years and years ago, and that one. You know, the first taste is always free, right? Because (laughs) as soon as I snapped it together and put it in a display case, one of the details from Ikea, I realized it was indistinguishable in detail from a Gentle Giant statue piece at a much lower price point. And yeah, you snap it together, but it snaps together so well. And their Artifacts Plus, even less expensive at the smaller scale. I have virtually every Artifacts piece that they've done in the scale. And so I'm really looking forward to them getting into some of this original trilogy. I do need to pick up a couple of the more recent ones. That Grievous is calling to me, too.
1: Of course he is.
2: And that's it for this episode of Star Wars Action News.
1: The first weekend in April, we will be down at Wizard World St. Louis. It's their second year for that convention. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, so if you're going to be down there, say hi. We're going to have the second in our badge set, thanks to Chris and his wonderful graphic design work. For Planet Comic Con, we did some Empire Strikes Back art. For Wizard World, we're going to be doing Return of the Jedi. And C2E2, we're going to be doing another Empire Strikes Back poster. So very much looking forward to that. C2E2's not too far away either.
1: No, it's getting close too. That's going to be a really fun time.
2: We'll have coverage from our Wizard World St. Louis and much more on the next episode of Star Wars Action News. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can be on the next episode of Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted are subject to use on our show. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook and Twitter. The links to our social media sites are at swactionnews.com. If you enjoyed the show, please post about Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, or your social media network of choice, or just tell a friend about the show. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star written review on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. If you also enjoy Marvel Comics, you can hear Arnie and Marjorie talk about the toys and statues based on Marvel Comics characters on the Marvelicious Toys podcast at MarveliciousToys.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Star Wars Action News podcast video enhancement by Andrew, Daryl, Josh, and Barrett. Star Wars Action News website designed by Jason. Photo editing by Jay. Graphic design by Chris, associate produced and announcements by Brock, segments hosted by Jerry, Jonathan, Brock, Nathan and Steve. For more Star Wars collecting, please check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com and YakFace.com and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, all rights reserved star wars action news is a venganza media production copyright 2014 all rights reserved and no part of this show may be reproduced repurposed or redistributed without the written permission of venganza media incorporated until next time may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you star wars action news now this is podcasting
2: So I know it's the the, the issue with the <laughs> A little
1: tongue twisted there, Arnie.
2: Oh, also side note: if you have the price guide from Duncan and Gus, look up how much they valued the price guide from Duncan and Gus. Thank you, Jerry. And that is that.